Yeah, we back with a new episode. Was the Broad Street? You know that we best to show. Sammy Conway every single week. Blowing up the net, it's a goddamn treat. Hey, Billy Sports Talk by the fans, for the fans. Our producer Shane G is the GOAT, man. Talking everything that go on here in Philly. Got the intro from my homie Meek Millay. Burning up the mics, yeah, we don't cap. Now hear the wolves, listen up, it's a rap. Philly! Hello, everybody. Hello, Philadelphia. Welcome back once again to yet another edition of the Wolves of Broad Street podcast. As always, my name is Ryan Conway, joined here by my co-host, Sam Glavin. Sam, we got some big news right now. We're uh, coming to people live with the uh, courtesy of the Liberty Line Podcast Network here on Twitch and Periscope. Uh, this is so exciting. How, how are you feeling about it? Are you jazzed? Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't be more jazzed, man. I mean, we uh, we we reached out to the Liberty Line a couple weeks ago, and uh, we were grateful. Uh, we were lucky enough to get uh, to get Drew Drew Smith to get us back, and we uh, we joined the crew a couple days ago. We've already put out a couple articles ourselves, and now we're doing our first live show here. We're gonna talk some Philly sports, man. Absolutely. Uh, do you want to do just a little intro, just so people uh, yeah. who are fans of the Liberty Line but not listeners of us, uh, just to get to know who we are a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, my name's Sam Glavin. Uh, I'm a current college student at Dickinson College. I do. Uh, I play baseball there, and uh, we've been doing this podcast for about two years, almost two years now. Uh, it'll be two years over the summer, and um, yeah, I'm excited to get going. We just, like I said before, we started writing uh, a little bit for the uh, Liberty Line and stuff, so I'm I'm excited, man. Absolutely. Uh, of course, my name's Ryan Conway, one of the two co-hosts of the Wolves of Broad Street podcast. Very excited to be here with the Liberty Line. Uh, I just graduated from Colby College last year. It's been almost a year. Uh, just living in Philly, loving life. I am a self-proclaimed five for five Philly sports fan because you got to show <laughs> love to the union. That's a quality squad. And yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm also a, a former Brett Brown apologist. I, I have you know changed my ways, but uh, that is something that I just think I had to get out into the open so everybody knows just, just how wrong I was at one point and how I'm willing to change and be better in the future. So, Sam, speaking of that, speaking of the Sixers, yeah. What a, what a start to the season it's been. Doc Rivers winning coach of the month. Joel Embiid remaining on an absolute tear. How are you feeling? Mm-hmm. What's sticking out to you with the Sixers? I mean, it's hard not to talk about Joel Embiid right off the bat. I mean, we're we're uh, we're sitting here and we're talking about the Sixers, right? And Joel Embiid has clearly been the best player. He's been the best player in the league, in my opinion. Uh, there's nobody more dominant in the league right now in the paint, doing doing what he does as a center, shooting the outside shot. You know, like just doing what he does just at another level uh, this year. So it's, it's absolutely unbelievable. And I know we, uh, we were talking about it a little bit with the Liberty line guys last or uh, last night. There isn't, if there isn't another argument for Joel Embiid to be MVP, than it is like when he's not in the game and they look like absolute dog shit, he's the MVP. Like he, he has to yeah. be the MVP of the season so far. I can see the argument for Nikola Jokic and whatnot, but Joel Embiid is my MVP so far this season. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Joel Embiid has to, just simply right now, if the season ends today, has to be MVP. I mean, we were able to pull out a ridiculous 20-point comeback in the fourth quarter against the Pacers last night. But before that, uh, people were a little apoplectic on Twitter looking at how the Sixers were really just nothing without Joel Embiid. That was our first win without him all season. The season's been, uh, what's it been, four or five weeks long now at this point? Yeah. And, one win without Joel Embiid. He has been playing more than usual than, you know, seasons past, which is nice because we love availability. He played the second night of a back-to-back, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. 
But that 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 game against the Pist uh, the Pacers, def- well, the Pistons game and the Pacers game actually both showed some weaknesses in the squad when he's off the court. Yeah, I mean, you can even see it in the games where he's just sitting on the bench after he just had like a dominant seven minutes. You can see mm-hmm. like, we're up fifteen against the Lakers, and then it gets whittled down to down three. That's just what happens. That's how good and dominant Joel Embiid is. It, it, yeah. It's really not. It's not fair. Yeah, that Lakers game was a little reminiscent of a uh, of a Brett Brown era type game, to be honest. Oh I mean, it's a, if you, I mean, you called yourself the Brett Brown apologist at the beginning. I had to throw that one in there, just something <laughs> that I noticed. Uh, but I think that Doc Rivers, as long as we're talking about coaches, Doc Rivers, yes. obviously being named Coach of the Month this month, has just been absolutely phenomenal, making the adjustments where they need to be made, switching to that zone in the last game uh, against the Pacers literally won them the game it won them the game and we we saw the clips of matisse thibel literally being just just doing what he does best playing defense in that zone i mean he thrives in the zone it it was absolutely phenomenal to see that kind of coaching coaching decision turn the game around for the 76ers absolutely and matisse was asked about it after the game and he was just like yeah, it must have sucked for the other for the other team to be honest <laughs> with you because imagine going up against ben simmons one of the top perimeter defenders in the league. And then Matisse Thibel, who is, you mm-hmm. know, say what you will about him on offense. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about how good he is on defense. And he, I mean, he won Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year uh, while he was uh, playing in his zone defense. So that yeah. was, I mean, it put him right in his comfort zone. Uh, the pun's been made on Twitter a million times, and I'm, I'm sorry, but that's just, I, I don't know any other words. Maybe it's <laughs> Q zone. It's still got zone. It doesn't matter. But yeah. We were able to pull it out because of Doc making those decisions and getting Ben and Matisse in a comfort zone on defense. Mm-hmm. And I, defense, you know, creates offense, especially with the Sixers team. I mean, we're leading the league in fast break points and blocks, and then we're top five in steals as well. I mean, this is a serious defensive juggernaut, and I, I love, yeah. I love to see it. I love to see it. And a big part of that, of course, has been Ben Simmons, Sam. Yeah, you're you're right about the defensive part as as far as Ben Simmons. I don't know how much I I you everybody knows how I feel. Actually, no, not everybody knows how I feel about Ben Simmons. So I've uh, I am educate the, the people. So yeah, I can I'll educate the people. I am the resident Ben Simmons hater uh, on the Wolves of Brushy podcast. I have been for probably close to over a year now. Um, Just about. And I know that a lot of the guys on the Liberty Line uh, don't have enough sense to to uh, to agree with me, but that's that's fine. I, I educate them on a daily basis, and. Um, Ryan, I'm still in the process of educating him on Ben Simmons and why trading him would just make it so much better for the Sixers. I mean, trading him for Brad Brad Beal type guy, I think is just a no brainer. Uh, but we don't have to get into that right now. We can talk about Ben Simmons' play if you want. If you want to start it off, I'll let you. I'll let you do it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just I hate you a lot. <laughs> what you just said and just the way you conduct yourself and and act as a human being it it upsets me to a great degree. Drew Smith hates you too. Yeah, as as he should, as should most people, because your inability to see the game beyond the stat sheet, Sam, is upsetting to me. Ben Simmons is an elite defender, elite, elite, and an incredible distributor and facilitator of the ball. I'm not going to out you for saying that Ben Simmons wasn't a facilitator, but uh, I, I might have. Oh, just but done you that just now. did like a oh, couple I weeks ago. I, I made the mistake. Yeah, I said I said yeah. I wasn't going to tr- trust me. I know Sam is the worst. Uh, I because I've been dealing with it for uh, about a year and a half now. I've been trying to talk to yeah. him about Ben Simmons, and it's difficult. 
because uh, of course Ben Simmons is a very divisive player, but you take a look, especially over the last couple weeks, he stepped up. He stepped up big time. Sure, he dropped, I mean, yeah. I understand 21 points is not like, whoa, a crazy scoring performance, but did we or did we not beat the Pacers without Joel Embiid? I know. Did we not? You know, trust me, I understand all that. I understand all that. He is, I, and I will be the first to admit that he he stepped up in that in the last game. Um, after the 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 last couple times, he was absolutely awful with without Joel Embiid on the floor, and he stepped up this time. But my, I just don't get why we're getting so like we're getting so amped about our number one overall draft pick having a like averaging thirteen points a game. Like I just don't understand that. He's our number one overall draft pick. It's and the tri- with the triple doubles and stuff, they're always 10, 10, 10. And that pisses me off to no end. And it's, I just can't, I, I can't get behind a, a number one overall draft pick who's scoring 13 points a game. Yeah, he's great defensively. Yeah, he's facilitating the ball. But without Joel Embiid on the floor, he's only played well once. I hate you, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> he has played more than fine without Joel Embiid on the floor. I mean, of course, the season as it has progressed, he has improved. And that's what you look for, especially in a season with a shortened off uh, off season like that and a shortened preseason. A mm-hmm. lot of time to gel with these new guys. And Ben leads the league. At least I, I, I don't know if he still does. But at last time I checked, he led the league in three-point assists. He's out here making the team run. He's out here. If he's and also, if he's not making the actual assist, you know for a fact he's finding an open guy in the corner that draws a defender, and then that guy can find someone open for a three or for a cut to the basket. Ben Simmons yeah. is the king. He's not only is he the king of assists, he's the king of the hockey assist. And I think that that's something he has to the assist. <laughs> it's, it's the hockey assist. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's it. I love ball a, movement, and Ben Simmons. Yeah. yeah. Is just epitomizes everything I, I I love about the game of basketball. The jump shooting and everything has mm-hmm. you know in a kind of a little bit. I don't want to say ruined the game, but it has changed it. But you know, for an old school basketball player, Ben Simmons, you know, is great, and he's a ton of fun to watch. If you just don't have this this deep seated hatred, I I don't know yeah. where you get it from. Like, did he I'm snub you for an autograph? I'm just sick of, wa- I'm just you sick of watching him, go. him. Listen, listen. Like, what's the deal? I'm, I'm plenty tall. I'm plenty tall, Ryan. I know I, that, but he's yeah. 6'10". Like, <laughs> I get I get all that. Whatever. I, I am so sick of him driving into the lane, bricking a layup, and then somebody else getting the defensive rebound and then taking it back. And then the one time that he needs to drive to the lane, he stops on the foul line and kicks it out for somebody to brick a three. It yeah. makes him it, – it makes no sense to me that, like, sometimes he's aggressive, and then when he's aggressive, he's bricking layups. It, I'm I'm sick of it. I want somebody who can score the basketball. That's my point guard and facilitate at the same time. I need both. And the other thing is, it's a good thing that we have the shooters now for him to kick it out to. Because if if we didn't, it would be like two years ago and last year all over again. And it would yeah. piss me off even more. That's why the change had to be made. That's why I love Daryl Morey because he was like, yeah. okay, they've been fucking around for two years doing God knows what. Elton last mm-hmm. year signed another big man. Yeah, I mean that was supposed to be the monsters. That was the block out the sun lineup, and that failed miserably. <laughs> block out the we had sun, like maybe yeah. one competent f- three point shooter, Furcon, and he was streaky. I don't even know. Yeah. I don't even like that was ridiculous. But Daryl Morey comes in and he just goes, "Yeah, I'm just gonna take what you guys have been doing. I'm just gonna fucking, I'm just gonna fucking fix it. Like in like a week, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna get rid of Al Horford. I'm just gonna." Get rid of uh, Josh Richardson. That was a bust. That was a oh, bust it, too. Yeah, and that sucked. Like, let me let me bring in some real shooters. Let me bring in the better Curry. 
You know, yes, I like the Danny Green signing. I like the Danny Green signing. And, and if this will get <sighs> you off of Ben Simmons, since like you, you, you are a Sith. You are fed by hate. So we can move on <laughs> to a different player that that you hate in Danny Green yeah, because I, that's what that. I'm more inclined to agree with uh, you about because Danny Green has been. Sh- Streaky is not is far too generous in terms of his shooting performance. I can't stand Danny Green, dude. I don't think he adds any. He he's a warm body on the court, right? As of this at this point, I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's hard to see. I mean, he's out he's out here, and all he does is sit at the at the corner or at the elbow and uh, move out to the three point line, and then take a shot, and then brick it, and then they're running back on defense. Every once in a while, he'll make three threes in a row, but those are, that's the extent. That's it. It's rare. So I'm, it's rare. So I'm sick of it. I haven't really paid attention too much to him on defensively. He hasn't stood out to me defensively at all, really. So I'm. I guess him adding a veteran presence is what they were what they were going for, and hopefully they could get some threes out of him. But it hasn't really panned out so far. Mm. And absolutely, uh, man. No, yeah. Well, as have, far as yeah, as far as JJ Redick, I mean, I saw the comments over here. JJ Redick, I mean, yeah, I, I'm I'm not clamoring for him to be honest. I'm I don't want to give up the farm. I mean, I think giving up Tony Bradley and some other warm bench warmers would be fine for JJ Redick because he'll be coming off the bench. Um, I, it'd be great to have him back. Yeah, I think it'd be <sighs> it'd be great to have him back. JJ Redick is obviously a guy who makes threes, and we could use another guy uh, alongside Seth Curry. No, I no? just go no. I just go no. It's not that I'm in love with Danny Green, obviously, or it's not yeah. that I'm a, you know it's not that I'm really in love with the you know all the, the, many of the shooters that we have outside of you know Seth Curry, but mm-hmm. I just AJ Redick. I just think he's over the hill. He's only hitting like uh, I believe it was twenty six percent of his threes this season, as our friend at the Liberty, Liberty Line, uh, Kevin, told me. Yeah. Uh, so I just don't really want. I just don't really want him. I mean, he's a de- he's a defensive liability. He's he's yeah, two years older now mm-hmm. than he was when he was here, and he was already slow. I mean, the dude can hit a spot yeah. up three, and he's solid, you know, for a playoff contender. But I just don't. I just think there are better options out there right now. Sure. I don't sure. think. I mean, it, it is it nice to have a reunion? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did his did, did he live in Brooklyn when he played here? Yeah, fake <laughs> six. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I, <laughs> Maybe he's a little I, too focused on his own podcast. Hey, man, I know what that's like, right? <laughs> yeah, I've been there. What's that like? I've, been, <laughs> I've been there, man. But oh, I don't know. Like, you're, we're, we've been overly negative about the Sixers for about 10 minutes right now. I, I think we you. should talk about what's good. No, nah, it's, it's been both of us. Relax. I don't it's like Danny Green. So you're, you're, you're coming after Ben Simmons like, 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 like you're a fool. You're, like, I lo- you're I, yeah, I can't stand Ben Simmons, but I love. I mean, I, I love watching him. the Sixers now. I think I've only I've only missed watching one or two games this year, and I don't remember the last time I've ever done that. The ball movement is great when Joel Embiid's on the floor. I mean, they just they look like a championship team, and I think that they can take the Nets in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think they're the best team in the East right now. And Doc Rivers, to be honest, Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid are the best thing that ever happened to this. At this point, are the best thing that ever happened to the city. Better than at maybe point. a Nick Foles, or are you just talking basketball? Well, I mean, we're talking basketball. Yeah. I'm oh yeah. Basketball. I I, yeah. I it at least since the start of the process, because I mean AI was incredible, but since the yeah, start of the yeah. process, like this is like Doc Rivers is a consummate professional. Joel Embiid is just a different guy now. Mm-hmm. He's just he's 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 grown up. He's focused. He's engaged, and he's feasting. He's literally. Yeah. It's like the NBA is a is an old country buffet, 
and he rolled up with a with a 10 gallon Tupperware and was just like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna take this. I think the biggest thing back. for me with Embiid, and I've said it on our previous episodes before, I think I've said it like in the past four episodes. I'm so impressed with his conditioning. He looks so he he doesn't look tired at all. He's making free he's making free throws and he's doing he's just doing every he did everything he needed to do in the offseason and it's showing up on the court right now. He's literally yeah. putting the team on his back and that's why he needs to rest sometimes because his back hurts. His back hurts, unquote. And then uh I guess that's the whole load management thing. Um but he's he's been phenomenal and I think that he's totally matured. Um you don't see him like clamoring on Twitter. All the time now. I mean, like he's he's locked in. He's locked in right now, and I think it's fantastic. Absolutely, dude. I mean, the beauty of Joel Embiid is that nobody can stop him whatsoever, mm-hmm. and then he just draws so much attention that you know he he can just kind of kick the ball out to somebody. They move the ball around, and then either there's an open three, or they've forgotten about Joel and they hit him down low for a bucket. Like mm-hmm. there's really. There, there, there's really you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't with Joel Embiid. Because if you double team, you got Seth Curry open. Yeah. If you don't, then he's gonna cook whoever you have on him. Like it, there's literally not a single yeah. player in the league that can stop Joel Embiid. It's no, just totally not. Agree. It's not physically possible. No, I I couldn't agree with you more. I don't. I can't. I cannot think of anybody off the top of my head right now. I mean, the the Celtics have nobody at center right now other than Taco Fall, but he's garbage. Uh, I don't think Brooklyn really has. I guess I think DeAndre Jordan is playing for for the Brooklyn, ghost Brooklyn of right DeAndre now. Jordan. Yeah, I think that he's uh, he maybe is the one like right off the top of my head, but I don't think that he can in his old age right now. I, and that's why I think that they're going to beat the Nets. Um, I'm trying to think of other teams in the East that have that have big men. Um, I guess maybe Rudy Gobert, I, but he's not. He's been quiet. This yeah, we're not even worried about. I that. mean, Nobody. I mean, there's Giannis, but Giannis has gotten no press. He's gotten no coverage. And as a fantasy nope. owner of uh, of Giannis, I was gonna take Luka Doncic with the second overall pick because I thought that you know Giannis was the consensus number one. So. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I was everything was fine and dandy. And then this guy trades up to the first pick, jumps in front of me, and takes Luka Doncic on draft night. I'm like, are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? Like, what the hell? So now I'm like, all right, do I take Jokic or Giannis? And then I went Giannis, and I should have gone Jokic. You should have like, gone these Jokic, These are yeah. like, mistakes. Mistakes happen, and I'm upset about it. But just, I don't know. That's like, exactly there's, there's, there's nobody in the East that can match up with Joel Embiid. There's nobody. Is there anybody in the West? You saw Anthony Davis was afraid to guard Embiid. Yeah. He, why wouldn't he switch on to him? I didn't understand that in the slightest. Because <laughs> Anthony Davis is a baby back bitch, Sam. That's why. <laughs> That's why. Because he's soft. The way he left New Orleans told me everything I needed to know. Wow. Showing up with that. That's all, folks, on your last day. I'm like, funny, tongue in cheek. But at the same time, you quit on your squad and you're under contract. Like, I don't appreciate that. Yeah. In any degree. As long as we're talking about the Lakers, you want to move over to the doghouse? <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I would love to move right into the doghouse. Uh, the, uh, an original segment here at the Wolves of Broad Street podcast yeah. established July 2019. It's been a long, <laughs> proud tradition here at the Wolves of Broad yes, Street. the doghouse. <laughs> uh, brought, to you, of course, brought to you by uh, our gracious sponsor, Wide Plank Floor Supply. Visit their website at www.wideplankfloorsupply.com. <laughs> Get a recommendation for a contractor. Get a quote. I mean, you guys got to see these planks. Like, imagine a plank, you know? Yeah. 
think of a plank of wood. It's way wider. A little bit wider. Like, yep. I don't think it could be wide. I like it it, it. it couldn't be wider if they tried. Then it would just no. become a square. Like that <laughs> would just be ridiculous. Yeah. So www.wideplankforsupply.com. Get in there. We're diving into the doghouse. And Sam, I'm just going to go first because I love yeah, the sound definitely. of my own voice. Yeah. Uh, I've got LeBron James in the doghouse because he attempted murder on Joel Embiid and walked away with a common foul. I yeah. mean, I had a similar uh, incident occur in sixth grade intramural basketball, and I mm-hmm. fell down. I broke my elbow. I was out for, for a, a couple months. Mm. I couldn't play anymore. My season was wow. cut short. So I, I seeing that happen concerned me. And then mm-hmm. seeing LeBron go, I didn't even foul him. I'm like, are you fucking joking? Like, are, <laughs> are, are, are you being serious? Like, do you ever foul anybody? Or like, what what's the deal? LeBron. I think it's I just, just instinct for him at this point. He's all every every foul ever. He's complaining. It makes it makes zero sense to me. And it, it it got me fired up during that game. Yeah, he's he's got hands up in the air. We call we call that something. We call it a palms up. You fill in the rest. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna <laughs> go with uh, for my for my doghouse. I'm gonna go with the uh, the Eskins, Howard and Spike. Uh, Howard showed up today with a. Uh, I was watching the uh, press conference for the Phillies. And uh, he showed up with a uh, background of himself with the WIP um, sticker on Gross. the back, but it was it was of himself, and then it was like the live Howard Eskin, and then I just had the lump spike Eskin in there because I hate all of his takes pretty much. So I <clears throat> Eskins are in the doghouse for me today. Yeah, I I mean I I think that's totally fair. I think that's a cheesy play by yeah. Howard. I I really think that that's just. Like just pretend yeah. to be at the beach. Like do something basic. Don't 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 go mm-hmm. try and be meta and like we'll be like, oh yeah, here I am, and then now I moved, and you still have to look at my face. Like, get the- yeah, well, it's though it's coming from the same guy that calls himself the king. So, oh, what do we? Expect? You want to know who else calls himself the king? LeBron James. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's true. We got both doghouse, ladies house. and gentlemen. Brought to you by Wide Plank Floor Supply. Visit their website at www.wideplankfloorsupply.com. Get a recommendation for a contractor. Get a quote. Get in their showroom in King of Prussia. Wear a mask. Go in and check out these high-quality wide planks for high-quality prices. And get into your home or office today. I mean, it, it it could not be easier if you tried. I mean, I don't know how to put them in the floor. Sam, you might. but <laughs> I do a little bit. Yeah, I do a little, a little bit. A, 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 a little bit, but I don't know how to do it. So check out Wide Plank Floor Supply. They'll hook it up. They'll get it done. Tell them the Wolves mm-hmm. sent you. You're not going to get a discount. Or anything, but just tell them that'd be cool. That they, you know, they'll probably tell us. All right. Yeah. So, Sam, what do we have next on the agenda post doghouse? I think we're gonna go a little bit of the Phillies, man. I think we're gonna go with the Phillies. To, I'm actually stoked to talk Phillies, but this but is first, a not out of disappointment, but celebration. Yes, there it is. Great. That is a, that's a uh, that's a Philly segment tradition here on the Wolves of Broad Street podcast. Uh, we haven't done it in a while, just because there hasn't really been too much Phillies to talk about. Um, but we have plenty to talk about. I actually, uh, I, I watched the press conference today, the uh, JT Realmuto announcement, and um, I heard some absolutely amazing things. I mean, I was sure. absolutely impressed with the way JT Realmuto was a- answering the questions because it was clearly a prolonged process, and it was pretty much his fault. Uh, but I'm just glad. I'm just so glad that he's back now, and he can pretty much do no wrong in my book. Um, I'm thinking about Dave Dombrowski and how he's an actual competent front office person right now. It's, it's so refreshing. I cannot tell you how refreshing it is to have a guy who actually can 
compose himself and actually have a conversation with somebody who's asking him a question. Uh, it, it's I'm it's pissed off, Angelo. <laughs> it's mind-boggling. <laughs> it's mind-boggling. I mean, first we had Gabe Kapler speaking like from another planet, and he, he's like not a real human. And then Matt Klintak, I can't even stand him. Just his voice pisses me off. Uh, but it, it was so refreshing to have somebody in there who was just, you know, firing back at the questions, giving actual logical answers. I mean, it was everything that you ever wanted to hear out of the Phillies uh, president of the baseball operations right now. And I couldn't be happier. Uh, he said that he, they were um, at the very end of the interview, which kind of took away from the whole JT Rabuto thing. He said, yeah, we have some moves uh, we're, that are uh, pending currently. So there are some free agents that are going to be coming to Philly right now, which is absolutely fantastic. You can read about um, you can read about that at LibertyLine.com. Uh, you can also read about the rest of the uh, JT uh, Real Muto press conference I'm in my article on the uh, LibertyLine.com, which is pretty cool. It's the first time I've ever plugged an article ever, so that's that's Wait, pretty Sam, cool. I hate to interrupt your uh, your plug here. Did do you say pending moves? Yes, pending moves, pending moves, dude. Pending. Yeah, dude, they're in the they're Come in the process on, of getting done. Dude, Dombrowski's teasing. He's teasing us right now. Yeah, he's like I a wonder slower what it is. working. He's he's like a slower working Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey fixed the team in forty eight hours. Dave Dombrowski is just moving along. He's signing the guys that he wants. He's re-signing the guys that we needed in the heart of our lineup, aka JT and DD Gregorius. Oh yes, yes, dude. And you can also read about the DD Gregorius signing on the LibertyLine.com. And um, the the other signings that we made, J- Archie Bradley, obviously the big um, the big uh, pitcher out of I think he's coming Philly from the Reds, guy. but he's yeah confirmed Philly guy. He was awesome. He's the vibes awesome are immaculate right now. Yeah, dude, he's so I the Twitter I love when athletes get involved with the fans on Twitter. It's absolutely awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were just slowly making moves to make this team better. He said that the prior Dombrowski said that the priority is still in uh, bringing in arms for the bullpen, maybe even a couple starters. Uh, I'm I cannot be more excited right now for this Phillies team, man. Um, there are some guys I think that. Uh, well, you know what? Let me ask you. I've been talking a lot about the Phillies right now. Let me ask you a question. Who do you Is think it? on the current on the current Phillies roster? Who do you think needs to step up for the season to be successful? I think um, this. For this season to be successful, I mean, obviously there's Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper needs to be Bryce Harper because this roster is still not, or at least as constructed right now, is still borderline playoff. So we need our stars to be stars. Mm-hmm. But if, I, if I'm if i looking for someone that may be lost in the weeds a little bit right now, I'm looking directly in the eyes of Scott Kingery, and I'm saying I need you to sack up and mm-hmm. get something done. Because he's been like the like the greatest Phillies utility player of all time. He's played, I, I think he's played everything but pitcher and catcher. Like he's, he's been all <laughs> over the diamond. And I just want him to find his find his place, find you know where he you, you, you know fits in. And of course, I want him to be a second baseman, but our middle infield yeah. is so good. Our middle infield is so yeah, good. Yeah, that's right where now. he's gonna be. That's that's exactly where he's gonna be. I mean, I yeah. think second second base is obviously his position and his first year up i think he played that for like five games and that was it he was playing center field he's playing short he was playing all these other different positions and last year he finally gets locked into and his locks locks into second base and he shits the bet i mean he was he was awful he was awful offensively and he wasn't even that great defensively so i mean 
Do I think it's because you bought his powder blue jersey? Yes. It's exactly but, because of that. Yeah. <laughs> I I totally agree. And then I think that another guy who definitely needs to step up, and I agree with the comments right now, is Reese Hoskins. And I think oh, the yeah, reason I'm last year and I think the reason last year that he was average is because I have his jersey hanging in my closet right now. So I'm done buying players jerseys. I'm done buying players jerseys. But in all seriousness, I do think Reese Hoskins needs to step up this year with the stick. Uh, obviously, we don't really care what he does at first base. Um, I think we just he's got to figure it out with the stick. We thought last year with his new stance um, that it was gonna that he was gonna take off. Not so oh, much. Yeah, that stance changed everything, man. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> that stance, <laughs> I mean, fucking uh, Phillies to the moon, bro. Like that yeah, was Phillies to the moon. Fire. But I think that. Um, I think now that we've signed back. I mean, we signed back our most consistent hitter from last year in Didi Gregorius. We signed back another consistent guy, um, minus the injury part at the end of the last se- at the end of last season. JT Realmuto. Bryce Harper's got a. I think Bryce Harper's got to put a little bit more out of the ballpark, but I think he was fine last year. He was killing it with RBIs and doubles and running runners in scoring position as he always does. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited. I'm so excited. Um, I guess the Phillies need to answer the question at center field right now. And I think the free agents on the market are going to be, uh, I don't know. I don't know who they could pick up. I guess it could be Jackie Bradley jr. I know that was in an article that by, uh, by our guy Drew Smith on the LibertyLine.com. You said Jackie yeah, Bradley Jr. is available? Yeah, Jackie Bradley Jr. He's a free agent. Um, I know that that would just be absolutely awesome for uh, for, for the Phillies. I think it would be oh, fantastic. Jackie I've Bradley loved, Jr. is a yeah. fight, he's a Gamecock? He is apparently, yeah. We're Go Cox, baby. Mm-hmm. Go Cox. That's it. That's it. The basketball no, school I, now. My, that's uh, the way it goes. <laughs> My high school coach is a Boston Red Sox fan, and uh, he yeah, his favorite his favorite player was always um, was always Jackie Bradley Jr. When he was playing with the Red Sox, he'd be the pure hustle out of him, and I think think that would play perfectly here in Philadelphia. Oh yeah, yeah. we love a we love a hustler. I mean, that's that's yeah. just that's it. I mean, that's uh, in case in point. I mean, we love Dario, and look at look at where he is now. And oh, Jackie Bradley Jr. is a proven commodity in the MLB. Like, he's a yeah. proven player. Dario was just a guy that was just some, uh, what is he, Croatian? Some Croatian guy running around yeah. slapping basketballs across the court. And we're like, we love this guy. We don't I want to trade him at Serbian. all. I thought he was Serbian or some some stuff. Ooh, like no, I think he, no, no, he's Croatian. There he was, Croatian? pardon this tangent real quick, but there was a Serbian uh-huh. player. By the name, or either Serbian or or Slovenian, and and uh, his name is Nemanja Bjelica, and he was originally going to be traded from the Minnesota Timberwolves to the Sixers in Dario, like when Dario originally came over from Europe, and he refused because Dario was Croatian, and he didn't want to wow. play with a Croatian. That's nuts. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> what? That's crazy. Like, is that not insane? Yeah, that's a little. That's messed up, man. Off the Phillies point, but I just I just think that's yeah. so ridiculous. I so, just think that's a ridiculous story. Right, as long as we're talking about the Phillies, I can't believe we haven't brought up his name yet. Uh, Alec Bohm playing third base for the Phillies this year. Yeah, I mean, good eye in the chat. <laughs> how excited are you for for Alec Bohm right now? I can't. I'm ecstatic. I mean, I'm a certified card carrying uh, charter chapter member of the Bohm squad. I mean, it's just mm. it's easy money. He's hitting nukes all season. I don't know how many, mm-hmm. but plenty. Yeah. I, how are you feeling I mean, about Alec Bohm? I think that last year was just a great 
demonstration of what he could do. I mean, obviously it was a shortened season, but um, there were questions about his defensive ability uh, on the field, and he obviously proved us wrong there. I mean, are there things to be worked on? Yes. Um, but I think that his stick was absurd, and I'm really upset that he didn't win um, Rookie of the Year because I think he should have, even though he was up for he was up for a short amount of time. Uh, I think that it's I, the sky's the limit for this kid, man. I think he, he can move up. He can move up in the middle of the of the lineup by the by midseason or even earlier if somebody's not performing up there in the middle of the lineup, which I probably would guess it would be Reese Hoskins to be moved down for Alec Bohm. But at the same time, maybe we can have a guy like Alec Bohm stay in the bottom of our lineup, like a like a Carlos Ruiz, you know? Oh, yes. That. Um, Carlos Ruiz during the playoffs was was hot as a rocket. And he um, people were clamoring for him to get up in the lineup. And Charlie Manuel was like, nah, I'm going to keep him down in the lineup. You know, just keep keep a consistent hitter down there, which is maybe what Alec Bohm could be. But I would love to I would love to have Alec Bohm up in the uh, up in the heart of the lineup. Yeah, I mean, definitely right now, it's, he's still a young player. I mean, he's still, you know, still, I mean, not getting acclimated to the league, but he's still, you know, got to earn his stripes a little bit. So I, I, I get having him down low in the order right now because, I mean, the kid can hit. I mean, he can put a bat on a baseball like nobody else. I just called him a kid. He's a year older than me. I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> it's dumb. It's dumb. But uh, Boehm is, you know, he's, he's a quality hitter, and – there's so much bat talent now, especially now that we have Didi back. I love Didi. The dude has hit so many homers, and a, not a single one has been opposite field. He's no, never hit no, an opposite no, no, no. field home run. He is so always funny. yanking them. It's just ah, it's so. That's and, your and favorite. Of course, Bryce Harper, and these guys. Yeah, dude, it's my favorite stat. He just <laughs> screw Oppo Taco. I don't need it. <laughs> oh, dude, I love a good Oppo Taco home run. Come on, nah. <laughs> get out of here. Dude, it's fantastic. It's none. I've never ever hit a, uh, an Oppo Taco home run in my entire life. I've only ever pulled them up. I did once in, uh, in Wii Baseball. It was pretty good. Did gassed. you really? Oh, yeah, Wii. Get out of here. Get out of here. I'm talking what? about real baseball. I'm talking about real baseball right now. I'm You're talking, talking about, about Wii, Wii Baseball. But no. no. What do you mean? You're talking. I'm talking I, about real baseball and you're talking about Wii Sports. You're talking about Oppo Taco. I'm talking about one time I went Oppo Taco. It doesn't matter the circumstances in which I went Oppo Taco. That's neither right. here nor there. It doesn't matter. All right. Whatever. That's pretty I, much like that's all I got for the Phillies, my man. That's all you got for the Phillies right now? Yeah, I'm excited for the season. Yeah, that's really all I'm, I can say. I'm super gassed. I am mm-hmm. thrilled with the situation. And I'm ready to talk a little. This is rare for the Wolves of Broad Street podcast. This is um but, you know, I figured for our first night on the Liberty Line Podcast Network, we should uh, talk a little bit of Flyers. Uh, of course, we're going to leave oh. the real deal the real deal Flyers talk to our uh, friends over at the Liberty Yell. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we'll try our hand and just kind of give our reactions. I mean, the, mm-hmm. you watch both games against the Islanders. Yeah. Another two overtime wins. That's our last five wins against the Islanders dating back to the second round. Uh, you know, situation where we lost to them in seven games. That is five straight overtime wins against the Islanders. We had two this weekend. I, I just, I think that's a little bit absurd. I don't know what it is. I don't know if, you know, 
it's a contract that the NHL has with us that we have to go to overtime against them. It it, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. Do you see anything going on with those games? It's just ridiculous with the, with the fly. I mean, with the flyers, I mean, there's, there's stuff to talk about every single time. I mean, you look at the aisle, you look at the, how they played against the Islanders in the playoffs last year. They looked dead. They looked dead in the water. The Islanders were skating all over them. And you know what, for the, for the first half or the first two periods of those two games against the Islanders, it was the same story all over again, mm-hmm. but the flyers hung tough because they're a talented. They're a talented group. And Vigneault is obviously absurd as a coach. I mean, you wrote a fantastic article on Elaine Vigneault. He's the uh, the button pusher. And you know what? I think that <laughs> I think that the first line has got to start getting it done a little bit more. I mean, obviously he benched um, Vigneault benched Konechny in that first game against the Islanders just because that's what needed to happen. He needed a kick in the ass and that's what he got. Dude, that's that's AV, baby. AV yeah. is I mean, we see it in the chat here someone saying AV has this team firing on all cylinders and that's 100% correct. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 loving what I'm seeing out of the Flyers. Maybe not all the time. Of course, I wish we could shoot the puck a little more. Oh my god. I just don't see how we get I I just don't see how we get uh outshot every game i mean just just hit it just hit the puck of the net i i'm not a i'm I'm not an expert hockey analyst i'm not uh i've never played the game i'm not out here trying to act like i know more than i know but i just feel like the more you hit the puck at the net odds are it's going to go in at some point Uh, but luckily we have great goaltending on the back end of course Mm -hmm. with brian moose elliott and uh, carter hart's been a little shaky at times, to be sure, but he, I think he's gotten back on track. I, I, you know, everybody, you know, of course, goaltending is a super mental position. I mean, you're sitting there taking hundred mile pucks to the dome on like a bi nightly yeah. basis. It's just it, that's just kind of the way it goes. But I think he's got it figured out. And Moose has just been, oh, dirty. he's been awesome. He's been great. I mean, he stepped up when he needed to. He's obviously obviously knows he's playing the backup role. Right now, as the goaltender, I mean Carter Hart is our young, young up and coming stud. hasn't yeah. totally hasn't totally been a stud thus far this year. So Brian Elliott is coming in with some veteran experience, and he's stopping pucks. And that's what that's exactly what this team needed so far. I mean, they needed the one they needed a guy consistent enough to get them that win. I mean, he had a shutout in the first game. Is that correct? He had a shutout in his first start of the season. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, and. Then, um, I can't remember who it was against. It wasn't the Islander, but in, in his first start, he had a he had a shutout against whoever it was, um, which is phenomenal. I mean, we're looking at yeah. the best. We're looking at the best goaltending, pa- or uh, what's it called, duo in the NHL right now. Goaltending duo in the NHL. One, I mean, not that there are a lot of goaltending duos. It's not. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> but you know, of course, especially with this condensed schedule and the back to backs and everything, teams might be rotating goalies more than usual. I mean, of course, mm-hmm. there's always a little bit of rotation, you know, just to give guys some rest because they are on the ice all 60 minutes making plays. So, but uh, we definitely have the best, you know, tandem in the league between Kataha mm-hmm. and Moose. I just think, uh, you know, as yeah. we continue to go, they're going to be because, of course, goaltending goal is everything with hockey. Mm-hmm. Goal, easy, yeah, 100. percent So, and I can't believe we got everybody firing uh, yeah. the. The vets are playing well. Giroux has actually been making an impact. JVR mm-hmm. has been like a little bit absurd with the you know putting <laughs> pucks in net on frame. It's just kind of it's kind of ridiculous. 
And of yeah. course, I don't know how we've gone this long without talking about Joel Faraby with a little exactly hattie, what I was say. with yeah. a little hattie against the Isles. Mm-hmm. Last yeah, night. I mean, he's been. I think he's he's younger than I am. I'm 21. I think he's 20. He's Shut the hell up. Yeah, I'm that pretty makes, sure. That yeah. makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, it does. It's it's a little weird, but he's killing it. I mean, he's been he's probably been one of our most um, consistent offensive players this year. And um, you know, Kevin Hayes finally showed up last um, last game with a uh, over with the overtime goal. That was an absolutely phenomenal goal. It was he was patient. He was it was just great. Um, but yeah, um, I'm seeing in the chat here Nolan Patrick. He's also been playing very very well, coming off a really oh, yeah. crappy injury season uh, last year. So. Took a bit of a dirty hit last night. Took a little yeah. bit of a, is kind of is a little, mm-hmm. a little ridiculous, a little borderline to say the least. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. But uh, here's the thing: like we're winning games still, and mm-hmm. we don't even have arguably our best player in Sean Couturier. Mm-hmm. We haven't had Coots for a minute right now. And, like, one thing about the Flyers is, I mean, this is just my observation. I like hockey. I'm not in the world of the NHL like, uh, you know, some guys at the Liberty Line are. But (laughs) I try to learn as much as I can. When I look at this Flyers team, especially without Coots on the ice, I just don't see us having a true superstar. Like, we don't have – we've got a lot of really good players that can occasionally play like a superstar. That right. can occasionally rise, but we don't have an animal. Like maybe, like, of course. I mean, I'm saying we don't have an Ovechkin. Nobody has an Ovechkin other than nobody the does. Yeah, but, but we just don't have superstars. We we have a lot of good players, and as I'm seeing in the chat, we have a team, and that's super important, especially in a sport where you know your best players are only on the ice for 20 minutes. That's why mm-hmm. we've been able to sustain success without Couturier. We've just been, you know, playing as a team. And Elaine Vigneault really, I, I, really, I think is can be overlooked in, you know, just when you look at the coaches in Philly. I think he can get overlooked a lot. Obviously, you know, you know some people have certain bi- anti hockey biases, mm-hmm. uh, like maybe us sometimes. But uh, that's just kind of the way. That's just kind of the way it goes. But I do think that he is in contention for, you know the top coach in Philly spot right now, right? Of course yeah. I'm, I'm leaning towards doc. I'm leaning yeah. towards doc, but I see a lot well, of doc have, rivers in AV. So I see. We'll yeah. See. And obviously we have a new coach uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles this year, which I guess is the perfect segue into talking about yeah. the, uh, into talking about the Eagles. Uh, just like I, I drew think, it up. Yeah. Just like we drew <laughs> it up. It's right here in the note sheet, man. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Uh, but uh, you're, I, I think you're totally right. Elaine Vigneault is probably the best coach, along with Doc Rivers. Um, so yeah, let's talk. Let's talk some Eagles. Let's talk some Nick Sirianni. Um, apparently, he had a a little bit better of a showing uh, the for the second time around on the WIP Morning Show. Um, people were not happy with his first fr- press conference. Let me tell you, I don't, you see, obviously he seemed nervous. But here's the thing: let's lay off the guy for a sec because one. Yeah. He's never been a head coach. Two, he's oh, he he's never even been an offensive coordinator. He was a quarterbacks. Co- wait, was he co- was he offensive coordinator or was he quarterbacks coach for he the was, Colts? He was offensive coordinator, but he never called plays. Okay, so he's never called plays, right? I knew there was something there. Yeah. And he's coming into the biggest one of the biggest football markets in the country, the Philadelphia Eagles, with one of the toughest fan bases in the country. 
Who wouldn't be crapping their pants up at that podium? Are you kidding me? This is the first time he's ever done a press conference, probably. Like it, it doesn't yeah, make man. sense. I don't. I don't know why people don't understand. I, I don't. I don't get why people aren't on board with Nick Sirianni right now in terms of, or at least why people are not on board with Nick Sirianni right now because it, he hasn't done anything wrong, and so I guess he's had. A, he had a second. He had a. He had a better showing on the. Uh, the second time around on the morning show at WIP, WIP today. So I'm yeah. interested to hear your thoughts. Like here's the thing, Nick Sirianni. That that whole thing was so overblown. And before I get into it, we have a question in the chat just about how people can follow us, interact yeah. with us on social media. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Ryan Conway seventy six. I, I, I feel I can spell that. It's a good. It's it's good. yeah. <laughs> my uh my, my twitter handle is uh at sam glavin 06 so i think it's pretty easy it's g-l-a-v-i-n so yeah definitely follow us you'll you can get some sports updates mm-hmm. and takes and definitely you'll get um you'll get when the uh wolves of brushery podcast drops on the uh on the all the apps and stuff all the apple podcasts and spotify mm-hmm. and whatnot and hopefully we'll be going live a couple more times if the liberty line oh, guys yeah. like us enough <laughs> i would i would hope so i would hope so i mean i mean the motto of the wolves of broad street is come for the takes stay for the banter so mm-hmm. uh, back to the banter or maybe a take who knows uh nick sirianni I think that whole reaction to his press conference was the definition of bogus cheese. Like it's just a, a starved corporate Philadelphia media, just hungry mm-hmm. for clicks. It was just, it was total BS. And I, I watched it and I was like, like I earlier in the episode, I mean, this is our first time live streaming the full episode. We were stuttering a little bit. No one's in here. No one's in the yeah. comments. But these guys absolutely blow, but Sirianni's a good guy. He's a good football mind. He's never called plays, but neither did Doug. Neither did Andy mm-hmm. Reid when he came to Philly. So not that not not that I'm saying he's either one of those guys, but that's just, you know, that's it's not a weird thing to do to sign someone that you know, to be head coach that has not called plays. So yeah. I have no real I have no real issues with the hire. I mean, is it a little weird that no one wanted to come here maybe a little bit, but that's just because of, of Howie Roseman and and Jeffrey Lurie being, you know, the two best friends that anybody could have. Like they're (laughs) the two man wolf pack and like everyone else is like, you know, and like Howie lays awake at night looking at like the poster of Carson over his bed. You know, it's the last (laughs) thing he sees before he goes to sleep. (laughs) It, I, I can agree with you more. I mean, Howie, we were seeing in the chat again right now. This guy's totally mm-hmm. on point. Uh, Howie is totally the problem. And Howie and Jeffrey hired a guy that would listen to them, a first-time head coach and somebody who's going to be – who doesn't have really the power to to go back on anything that they say right now. And I think that it's just – would I have liked to see somebody with a little bit more experience, maybe a guy like Deuce Staley, a leader of men? Yeah, I would have liked to see that. But I'm not totally wrong with – I'm not totally upset with the Nick Sirianni hire. All of the coaching hires that they've had thus far of this season points to them going to try, like they're going to try and fix Carson Wentz. I really, I really do think that. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at the guy, you hire uh, the quarterback coach out of um, out of Florida who just had, who's just coming off of, of a uh, Heisman uh, quarterback season. You know, he was a Heisman finalist and Kyle Trask out of Florida. Uh, you'd look at the. Uh, Another guy, obviously Nick Sirianni himself. He's a Frank Reich um, pro, pro, protege. Excuse me. Holy, 
Uh, and yeah, I just, I don't see why you wouldn't want to fix your, your big franchise quarterback that you're paying all this money. So that's yeah. how, that's how I mean, I'm seeing the coaching hire so far. Yeah. I definitely get like wanting to roll with Carson Wentz. I mean, you're paying the guy a shitload of money. I mean, it's $30 million a year. Like that's, you know, that's a massive investment in a guy that's started to regress. So you want to be able to fix that. You just, you know, and also mm-hmm. just what Carson Wentz, I, a lot of people hate on Carson Wentz. And I think part of that uh, is just people being ungrateful. <laughs> people not, <laughs> just a lot of uh, either ungrateful or dumb. Like it's one or the other because Carson Wentz is not a bad guy. He gets a bad rap. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the founders of the Liberty Line, uh, Victor Williams, tweeted today that nobody gets ripped harder for saying absolutely nothing than Carson. Right? Carson has met with Nick Sirianni personally. He's keeping his head down and he's getting the work. And people are like, Carson never said hi to Nick Sirianni. Oh, no. Yeah. Ooh. What is up with that? I, who cares what he says on Twitter? Are you kidding me? He's got it. He's got so many other things on his plate right now. He's got he's got the media up his ass right now that mm-hmm. it, about you know having Jalen Hurts is like right behind him and he's there's gonna be a quarterback competition and he was terrible last year. Yeah, he was terrible last year. Yeah. People are allowed to have bad seasons. I mean, so God many quality players have had one bad year. Yeah, even I, hor- even a horrendous year like Carson mm-hmm. had. Carson's year this year was horrendous. Was I think. This is my – I mean, it's not a prediction. It's more just a spe- speculation as to what he's up to right now. I think after mm-hmm. last year, he goes, I'm not reading Twitter. I'm not reading Facebook. I'm not reading you know, anything other than two things, the playbook and the Bible. Those are the two things I'm focusing on, and mm-hmm. that's all there is to it. And I think Carson is going to come back, especially if he's able to develop a nice relationship with Sirianni. I, and also I think Sirianni is going to push Carson maybe a little more – Mm-hmm. than Doug did. Yeah, Maybe. I think Maybe. I well, I think that's a raw raw guy. Mm-hmm. I think it's good to have a young mind in there again. I mean, he's going to be able to try out some new things. I mean, like he said, he wants to get Nick Sirianni has already come out and said this. He said he wants to get the ball into his fast guy's hands, into his playmaker's hands. And obviously we have a guy in Jalen Rager who Carson apparently just refused to throw the ball to his entire time he was there. Granted, Jalen Rager was hurt, but as soon as Jalen Hurts stepped onto the field. Jalen Rager's starting to catch the ball, and he's starting to make some plays happen here and there. So I think getting I think getting Carson in there and getting the right guys involved under Nick Sirianni is just gonna it's gonna pay dividends. Hopefully, I mean I'm obviously being a ca- cautiously optimistic right now, but I think it's I think he's gonna be fine. Yeah, I would say so too. Uh, do you have anything else on the on the birds, or do we want to move into the hallmark? I really, do, I really don't. Uh, we could go. Uh, actually, there's one more thing. Um, we hired a new defensive backs coach, and his name escapes me right now. So if somebody wants to drop that in the chat real quick, so we don't look like complete idiots. <laughs> so so we don't look we like don't complete look idiots. Like an idiot. I'm reserving yeah. judgment. <laughs> but the uh, yeah, we hired a new defensive backs coach today. I watched a video on him, and he was very active, and he looked great. I think he's out of Rutgers. Um, he looks he looks fine. I watched like a two minute video on him today. So I think we have most of our coaching figured out at this point. Uh, I'm not sure about special teams, but we've retained Jeff Stoutland. Uh, we've 
got an offensive coordinator. We got that guy from the Chargers. We've got a defensive coordinator um, and Jonathan Gannon, the former defensive backs coach for uh, the Colts because we are now the Philadelphia Colts for some reason. And uh, what else do we have? Obviously, we hired, we hired a head coach. So Good stuff. Yeah. That's it. I think we can move on to the uh, the hallmark segment of the show and the uh, the Philly Five, right? Yes, of course. And what do we have for the Philly Five on this debut episode on the Liberty Line podcast? We have we have for our debut for the Philly Five. Uh, in case anybody doesn't know, the Philly Five is just a list of top like a, a top five list of something of a category. It doesn't have to do with sports, and just pop culture, whatever it is that we can think of. Uh, for today, we're gonna go with top five beers. Other. Other, top oh, five that's beers, right. Yes. Top five top beers five beer. other than Coors Banquet because Coors Banquet is both of our favorite beers. Um, and that's the what that's our it's our pretty much sponsor, I guess we could it's not, the, it's not a sponsor. It's, it's not, not a sponsor, sponsor but it 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 might as well be. I owe I owe them a lot. So yes. <laughs> Brian, go ahead and kick us off with your uh, absolutely. Your Are we going just down the line? Yeah, we could go down the line. Yeah, yeah. Let's go down the line. So of course, in no particular order, because uh, you know, we're not fucking scientists can't put things in order it's ridiculous so i'm going to open up with uh great lakes brewing company their christmas ale it's high quality uh a long probably long lost relative brewed by pat and dan conway out in cleveland quality mm-hmm. dark beer perfect for the holidays great for winter time up next i'm going with uh, a local brew out of uh, philadelphia i'm going with kenwood lights also just known as Kenny's. I mean, I, I saw them on Twitter circulating around uh, just from Philly guys I follow in the area. And I uh, I picked up a couple cases over the weekend. I have to say it is damn good and uh, almost tastes like, a, tastes like a Coors Banquet light. Mm-hmm. Please sponsor us, Kenwood. That would be fire. <laughs> that would be gas. <laughs> yeah, that would be so sick. Is that I'm, it? Is that, is that your list? No, no, no. That was my second oh. beer. Oh, that was your second one. Sorry. I, <laughs> I lost have three track. more beers, Sam. I lost track. Yeah, Jack Ash. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, I have from La Cabra Brewing in Berwyn, Pennsylvania, just outside the city. Hipster Catnip. Actually, my uh, advisor from high school uh, is like oh, head, of, right. uh, yeah. head of stuff, science stuff going on over there. So that's yeah. pretty damn cool. And the beer is uh, good as hell. Up next, the classic Czech beer, Kozel Dark. It's just, uh, it's just something you can drink all night and uh, and wake up mm-hmm. feeling a okay the next day. And then finally, my haymaker is a Miller Light on draft. There it is. Nothing else has that's to be a, said. That's what I was looking for. I was waiting. I was waiting. I was waiting for it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, here we go. I'm gonna go with obviously in no particular order. I'm gonna go with the Wackers Brewing uh, Pilsner. And that brewing company is out of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I love a little a little bit of a local taste. Um, the next one is also somewhat local. It's in Pennsylvania. It's the New Trail New England Hazy IPA. Uh, they're out of Williamsport, the New Trail Brewing Company. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with um, a Miller Lite on draft, obviously. <laughs> So Ryan, by the way, Ryan and I make our lists ourselves, and these are live reactions. Oh to yeah, our, we don't we, we don't share lists. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the next on my list, uh, number four, is going to be the Nice Schuf, the uh, the Belgian Christmas beer. It's uh, it's fantastic. It's special uh, for me around the uh, around the holidays with my dad, who is uh, who's watching right now, and he's clamoring for his uh, for his own home brews to be in on my list. Unfortunately, they are not. Um, <gasps> I know I didn't put any on. I felt like I'd be too biased. 
You're dirty. You're a dirty no, kid. No, because well, <laughs> I couldn't put my own Pilsner on there. So if I didn't put my own Pilsner on there that he helped me brew, I should have put his on there. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't put it on there, man. I I thought about it. I thought about putting my own home brewed Pilsner on there, but I couldn't do it. Uh, but to round it off, I'm going to go with the Loyal Lager from uh from Yards, the uh, Philadelphia Brewing Company. Um, or the Yards is a brewing company in Philadelphia. The Loyal Lager, I just love a good lager, and it's very crisp. It's, yeah, it's really good. And that's it. That's what I, I remember the last, I think the last time we did this, I left something off the list and I was really upset about it, but I think I got a good list this time. You got, yeah, yeah. That's a solid list. I'm, 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 I'm happy with the list. I, I mean, the Miller light on draft is really, there's, mm-hmm. there's nothing that needs to be said uh, further than that. Uh, that's going to do it for the Philly five, the hallmark segment here at yeah. the Wolves of Broad Street podcast. Uh, ladies and gents, uh, Philly fans everywhere, thank you so much for tuning in to this first live-streamed episode of the Wolves of Broad Street podcast on the Liberty Line Podcast Network. As always, I've been Ryan Conway, joined by my co-host Sam Glavin. Follow us on Instagram at Wolves of Broad Street. Follow us on Twitter at Wolves of Broad Street. Follow me on Twitter, Ryan yeah. Conway 76. Follow Sam on Twitter, Sam Glavin 06. I mean, it's just, I mean, the names are, they're, they're right there. They're easy to find. Check yeah. out Wide Plank Floor Supply. Anything else you need to add, Sam? No, just a big shout out to uh, Alex Conway, your sister, for keep killing it on the uh, on the social media I front. Love that I big, never shout her out. I know it's always me. It's always, <laughs> always me. You and, know. Uh, <laughs> a big shout out to the Liberty Line for for hosting us on this uh, live show. Uh, big shout out to our producer Seamus G, still pulling the strings from behind the glass. And uh, yeah, definitely follow me on Twitter at Sam Glavin 06. Check out the Liberty Line website. We both posted two articles at this point. Uh, yeah, Seamus G, close us down.